0: it's monday and we all know what that means don't we yes we do it's time to talk about ghosts with i kevin eustace i nearly said sir kevin eustace then um and i've no idea why maybe it's all this talk of kings and monarchies because we have a new king hooray i'm joking a lot when i say hooray because i'm really kind of ambivalent about the monarchy um i think it maybe should have ended not but should have at least acknowledged its existence as a tourist trap only. After Elizabeth, I liked Elizabeth because she was like someone's nan. You know, you can picture her going, would you like some tea and biscuits? And you go, yes, please, Lizzie. And these corgis are gorgeous. Whereas with Philip, it's a bit like, would you like some tea? And you'd be like... No, because I don't like you, Philip. Anyway, um, yeah, so we've had that going on. We've got a new king, but it always makes me laugh as well because it's a bit Disney-esque and I've always found it hysterical. Like whenever there's a royal wedding or there's a crowning of a king, they expect all us subjects... To be out in the streets going, the king has got a crown, or the prince has found a bride, like a Disney film. And, like, realistically, we're like, we cannot pay the bills, there's food banks overran, and stuff like this. So, yeah, it's all a bit of a no from me. But me and Becca did do, uh, we've had quite a good weekend. We went to a Eurovision bingo event. That was fun. Um... Yeah, it was kind of fun, uh, and there was a lot. It turns out there's a lot of old bingo calling things which are just not applicable in 2023, which you didn't, even, which I didn't even think about. But the bingo caller, for example, went eight and eight, eighty-eight, and some woman in like a fifties shouted, "You should say two fat ladies." That's the call for eighty-eight, and he went, "No, it's 2023 now, love. People have got feelings," and I was like, "Oh, can you no longer say?" Two fat ladies, 88. You like the way you say two little ducks, 22. And everyone goes quack, quack and all that. Well, bingo madness. Anyway, what are we going to talk about today? We've got the world of the paranormal to talk about. I'm going to do a review of the Pope's exorcist after finally seeing it. And then we're going to have one of your amazing true listener ghost stories. And then we're going to pop over to Becca's Reddit corner where we're going to cover a Ouija board story. Yes, we are. And then have quite a long debate around demonic possession, Ouija boards in general. And yeah, it was a good debate, I thought. Anyway, I must, of course, ask you all how you're doing. That's podcast law. If you don't ask that as a podcaster, you are arrested. So, how are you all doing? Good. I'm glad you all answered in the affirmative there. Now, before we get into the show, what we need to do, of course, is thank our wonderful Patreons because they literally keep the show afloat. Now, when you sign up to Patreon, Not only do you support the show, you also get two additional shows each and every week. Not month, week. Yes, you do. You get one half hour ramble where it's me, as you can tell I like to talk, just rambling my life away for you guys, trying to make you laugh, sometimes having a serious point to make, and most of the times a mix of the two. And then secondly, you'll get a paranormal Patreon podcast on a Sunday, which is generally me and Becca, we go through the internet, find some scary stories and discuss them. So, yeah, if you like all of that sort of jazz, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. And also, as an added incentive, when you do so, I sing your name as a thank you with an original song invented just for you guys. And the guitar is well and truly out. Now, caveat, I didn't say they were good songs. Anyway, we have 11 new Patreons to say thank you to to fit into a song. I'm going to have to do a rap. I'm not going to do a rap. But we need to say thank you to Annie Caradeo, Penny Boyce, Sarah Townsend, Ian Morris, April Gatlin, Laura Clifford, Kaylee Newton, Lily Johnson, Amelia Shepard, Catherine Lucas and Roxanne Roberts. Good luck, Kev. Thanks, Kev. Let's do a bit of a maybe a countryish sort of thing. So Any way I can get through these names? Let's go. Annie Caridy or Penny Boy, Sarah Townsend two, Ian Morris, April Gatlin, Laura Clifford too. Kaylee Newton, Lily Johnson, Amelia Shepherd, and there's Catherine Lucas. And Roxanne Roberts, thank you Hey, that seventh... Just about, just about got the seventh in, just about got all the bloody names in. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for signing up. I hope you enjoy... What is it? It's like four hours a month worth of extra content, and there's over 250 hours worth of bingeable Patreon-only stuff over there. Loads of it containing Becca and me just arguing, loads of humorous bits, some serious bits, but mainly paranormal, hence... It being a paranormal show, I guess. Anyway, head over to patreon.com forward slash We Need To Talk About Ghosts. Now, let's have a paranormal review, shall we? Yes, it's time to review something paranormal so that you don't have to review it for yourself because it means you'll have already watched or read it or listened to it and, you know, it doesn't work. So anyway, what we're going to review this week is a film and that film is none other than the long-awaited, from my perspective anyway, The Pope's Exorcist. I managed to catch this film this week, and I've been waiting for it for a good while, or waiting to see it for a good while, because I've read mixed reviews. Um, I like the idea of Russell Crowe playing this role. It's the role of Father Gabriel Amorth. Now, I've known and spoken of Gabriel Amorth long before his death, um, Because if you know anything about exorcism, then you've heard the name Father Gabriel Amorth because he was the Vatican's chief exorcist. And he was the guy who was kind of untouchable towards the end of his years because he'd lived such a long life and they kind of left him alone to do what he wanted. Do you know what I mean? In a weird way. And he said a few controversial things towards the Catholic Church, such as like the devil is resides within the Vatican and things like that. So yeah, a very controversial figure carried out hundreds of exorcisms and, uh, or alleged exorcisms, you know, it's all within the realms of whatever you believe. But his favourite film, interestingly, I mean, this isn't to do with the Pope's ex, well, it kind of is because it contains him. But anyway, Gabriel Amour's favourite film was The Exorcist because he said it gave the most lifelike depiction of what he has experienced on some of his most dramatic exorcisms, which is fascinating when you think about what is actually within the film, The Exorcist. So, yeah, a really interesting cat, and I've always been into him. And he released a book years ago, which I really wanted to get, but it was only released in Italian. There is an English version of it, and funny enough, Kev now... Hasn't yet got it, because I forgot all about it. Anyway, I am going to try and source it out. But it's about his exorcisms and the ones that he found, you know, the most right-aboutable. Anyway, The Pope's Exorcist is a film based on the life of Father Gabriel Amorth. Interestingly, the Catholic Church, well, the Vatican, has kind of denounced the film. They've not denounced it, but they've said it's, uh, I think they refer to it as a splatter gore-fest and not indicative of what the current exorcism ritual is is like, apparently. Um, but I have a funny feeling that Father Gabriel Amorth would have given his blessing to this film. I just do. I don't know. Because it's very much about exposing the devil for the the liar that he is and the... the, the I was going to say the thief, but you know what I mean. It's about exposing the devil and what he can do, allegedly. So without revealing the plot, it's kind of, it's based on, and the term based on is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. It's based on one of the cases of exorcism that Gabriel Amorth, sorry, Father Gabriel Amorth carried out. Um, And I think it's a really good film. I think it portrays, if if you've ever seen, uh, I I always call him Hannibal Lecter. If you've ever seen Anthony Hopkins in The Right, I personally think his portrayal, because that character within the right is based on Father Gabriel Amorth, and I think his portrayal would be much more accurate to what Gabriel Amorth was like. So the right is amazing. If you haven't seen the right, go and watch the right. It is fantastic. Um, But this isn't about the right. It's about the Pope's exorcist. So the only thing I would say is it was, you know... Gabriel Amorth was renowned for his clashes with the Vatican about certain topics and also renowned for not being asked about what his alleged superiors thought about what he had to say. And they kind of play on that a little bit too much, I think. You know, they kind of make him... They make Russell Crowe seem like this, like, anarchic sort of, I don't give two fucks what you say, Mr Pope. I'm going to smoke a cigarette and ride a motorbike and drink some Jack Daniels. Fuck you, I'm going to fight the devil. And mm, I think they try and put that across a little bit too much. They lean a bit too heavy into that, I think. Whereas, as I say, the right film, the film called The Right, not The Right Film, uh, Anthony Hopkins plays the character of Gabriel Amorth with, with I think, a bit more gravitas, to be in all honesty. That said... The Pope's Exorcist, as a film in its own right, is outstanding. It's very good. There are a lot of really good... um, What they try to do, basically, is reimagine and try and put a new spin on what happens in The Exorcist. So the idea of possession, the idea of how it rips apart a family, that sort of stuff. And it's done really well. It's done really well. Um, And as I say, as a standalone film, it's bloody good. But for me, it's not as good as The Right. So for me, if you want to watch a film about and get a real sense of Gabriel Amorth, watch The Right, although it's only loosely based on him. But The Pope's Exorcist still gets two thumbs up, just not to the sky. So that's my rating for The Pope's Exorcist. I did hope for more from it, in all honesty. Uh, I was slightly disappointed. But at the same time, if I, wasn't, if I didn't know it was meant to be the backstory of Gabriel Amorth and it was just a film about an exorcist, then i will probably give it a much better review. But because I don't like how they've done certain parts, but I do like how they've done others, and I will always watch a paranormal film, and it was jump Scarier apart part two, and, you know, it's filmed beautifully as well. It is shot really beautifully. So I will give it two thumbs up, just not to the sky. I mean, that said, I've also, within the same review called it outstanding so i'm still in two minds i don't know i might have to give it a rewatch. so maybe maybe i'll come back to it and revisit it it might be one of them films and i've got a few films like this it depends on the mood i'm in when i watch them on how good i think that film is so i don't know but either way it's definitely worth a watch two thumbs up just not to the sky Hooray! It's time for my favourite part of the week. And it is truly my favourite part of the week where we get to read and listen to your true paranormal experiences. And we've had an email in from Elizabeth Thompson. And she writes, Feel free to use my first name if you read this out on the show, but I'd rather you didn't use my last name. I'm joking. Her name's not Elizabeth Thompson. Pulled your leg. Her first name is Elizabeth, though, and her email was entitled New House Nightmare. And she writes, dear Kev, hello, Baka, hello, and meow to the NC. Meow. The NC, by the way, little bastard, as you will hear later on. I should call her little bastard. Um, we've just recorded Reddit Corner, which I then throw on at the end. God, she may as well been playing a fucking drum kit, honest to God. She just does it on purpose, I'm sure of it. Anyway, so Elizabeth writes, I've always been interested in the paranormal, but I've never found a paranormal podcast that I've been so addicted to as the dark paranormal. And then I discovered Wintag, which I've also loved. Keep up the brilliant work, in brackets, and you and Becca really make me laugh out loud sometimes, which is also a bonus. Why, thank you, Elizabeth. That's really kind of you to say. Anyway, we now go in to Elizabeth's story. I'd never really had any ghostly or otherwise paranormal experiences to speak of until my husband and I moved into our new house in a Birmingham suburb late last year. It's a beautiful house, and we fell in love with it as soon as we viewed it. But despite feeling the place had a good atmosphere initially, some strange things started to happen shortly after we moved in, which left us feeling rather uncomfortable. We were often hearing strange noises, especially at night, which were difficult to identify and place, knocking, clanking and shuffling noises. But we tried to brush these off as jutes and as us getting used to unfamiliar noises in a new house. And for any new listeners, a jute is just one of those things. That's Kev saying that. I also went up into the loft and experienced a really weird feeling of dread and as though there was something up there. But I put this down largely to my overactive imagination. But then two things happened, which were much harder to brush off. My other half elbowed me awake one night to ask if I heard a voice. Now, I often sleep with earplugs in and don't always hear things. So I asked him what he thought he'd heard. He said he'd heard what sounded like a child's voice, very close to his head, but couldn't distinguish any words. I asked him if perhaps he'd just been dreaming, but it was shortly after we'd gone to bed, and he said he'd still been wide awake when he heard it. I have to say, this incident rather unsettled us. A few weeks later, something happened which freaked me out even more. I was lying in bed one morning after my husband had already got up and started getting ready for work, and I thought I heard him come back into the room. Or perhaps, more correctly... I felt him in brackets due to the earplugs come back into the room i.e. I felt the vibration of someone walking across the floor of the bedroom he then gently grabbed my ankle so I turned over thinking he was trying to get my attention for some reason or had just come back in to say goodbye before heading out but when I turned over and opened my eyes the bedroom door was still tightly shut and there was no one in the room. We're both Catholic, so we're thinking of getting the house blessed anyway, and decided to get it done sooner rather than later. Fortunately, our parish priest is very open-minded about the paranormal. In brackets, the good ones always are, I've noticed. So took us seriously when we told him what had been happening. He did a full blessing, going into every room with prayers in Latin and holy water. Interestingly, by and large, the odd noises and other odd happenings have more or less disappeared since. We were both given a fright shortly after our blessing had taken place when a picture of a saint in our bedroom randomly fell down with a loud clatter after we'd gone to bed and turned the lights out. I think this spooked me all the more as I happened to be listening to an episode of Uncanny at the time in which they were talking about witchcraft and were actually chanting a real spell. But that was a while ago now, and since then, nothing's happened, really. Maybe not the most chilling tale, I realise, compared to some of the stories you've been sent, but I feel it's been cathartic writing it down, if nothing else. Love, Liz. Well, thank you so much, Liz, for sending in your story. That's, and, and you say, you know, maybe not the most chilling of stories. It friggin' is! I'm not being funny, I sleep every night with headphones in. And it's only now, as I'm reading your story, realising, and I mean it's an obvious one, that that means I can't hear anything in the house, which I put down as a good thing. But now I'm thinking I wouldn't know if someone was walking towards the bed to grab my ankles. So maybe I'll sleep with, like where they say, sleep with one eye open, I'll sleep with one earphone in. Liz does continue and says, P.S., you don't have to read this bit out if you don't need to, but have you listened or reviewed the newish podcast, The Exorcist Files? Apologies if I've missed you covering it, but I think you'd really like it. No, I haven't heard it, but thank you for the suggestion. I'm going to give it a listen, and maybe we'll do a review of it in the future. But Liz, thank you very much. Some interesting points you make there as well, and I completely agree with you about... um, Priests and the best ones being the ones who have an open mind to the paranormal, because I've mentioned this before, but when my niece got not confirmed, was it confirmed? Yeah, it was confirmed, actually. Um, The church was packed, probably the most packed it gets because, you know, numbers in churches are, are dwindling. And in our parish, especially, even though they've got rid of one of the churches to try and force people into, well, I say to try and force so they can cut down on costs and have a bigger congregation in the other church. So anyway, this church is packed, and the priest doing the confirmation, at the end of it, he says, um, and he, I think he's from uh, Barbados originally, this priest, Father Anton, he's a lovely priest. He says, I'm not going to do the accent, for obvious reasons, but he says, um, he says, you often, like he's saying this on the microphone to the congregation, congregation. He says, you often get in touch with me at the presbytery um, asking me to come to your house, saying you're having strange things happening. And when I turn up, there are posters of pop stars and all this on the wall, but there is no sign that you're a Catholic. There is no, you know, there are no uh, crucifixes or pictures of saints or anything like that. He says, and then you ask me why these strange things are happening. Um, And I was when he said this, my ears pricked up and I was like, fucking hell. And he's clearly open-minded to it as well. He's also quite a progressive priest. You know, he, he's, he, he wrote a strongly worded letter to the diocese of whoever's in charge of the UK Catholic scene um, about uh, the, some sort of stance that was taken on um, the LGBTQ community. And when you go into his church, I say his church, when you go into St. Agnes in Haydn Church, he's got the pride flag out and all, all this sort of stuff. He's a, he's a, he's a wonderful man, or like a really progressive thinking priest. And, I, and in all honesty, I think if the Catholic Church has got any hope of surviving, um, it's people like him that they need to look towards to do it. An inclusive person. Anyway, that's my soapbox for the day. But thank you, Liz, for sending your story in. That was fantastic. It wasn't in any way unscary. It was very scary. And now I think it's a suitable time in the day, in proceedings, to head over to the dark and dingy basement, which smells lovely and is not dark nor dingy, where Becca resides, where she's going to tell us a story from Reddit. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. So it's that time of the week again, where we head down to the basement, and in the darkened basement, there's a girl called Becca. Hello. It was a bit weird that. It was, and you're very low again, is it because I've got it so cl- I've got it so close to you because you're so low.
1: I think it's because you sang a weird song about me being in a dark, dingy basement.
0: But in the corner of the basement is a girl called Becker, and she tells us scary tales from the corners of Reddit. I'm over this song. I don't think you are, <laughs> I think you really love it. Um, How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. Have you had a nice weekend? Yes, I've had a lovely weekend, thank it, you. It being, you can't speak normal volume. You know?
1: I am speaking, what do you mean? I am speaking normal volume.
0: What well, are you, for a mouse?
1: You need to get a mouse in here to do this podcast instead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, it's been a a fulfilled weekend for us, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. We had a Eurovision bingo on Friday. Eurovision disco bingo. Disco bingo. And that was much more fun than I expected. It was
1: great, yeah, really good.
0: Especially as someone who doesn't drink. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I was still boogieing the night away. Yeah, you did very well. Yeah. And unsurprisingly, we were the last people to leave. Because it's Becca's trademark move.
1: I don't think that was entirely my
0: fault. <laughs> uh, no, it completely was your fault.
1: <laughs> you you bought me too much wine. No. And I was staying to try and finish it.
0: And as, the funny thing was, I said, you take I said, take that with your sneaker out, meaning the glass of wine. So Becca smuggled the bottle of wine and the glass of wine and tried to smuggle them both out past the security guard. And to be fair, the security guard went, I've seen it, but I'm going to pretend it didn't. Just get out.
1: The thing was, the they would be very likely to catch the glass, but then they'd think that they caught me, and they wouldn't find the ball.
0: I see your logic. Yeah, the mentality, yeah,
1: yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah. he did only see the glass; he didn't see the ball.
0: Yeah, and then this is the only, the only sort of like nerve wracking part for me is then walking through the streets of town sober as a judge when everyone else has fucked out the minds at like half eleven. Half
1: eleven. Oh, it sounded like you were going to say off three, no, then.
0: <laughs> but like, the, but then obviously you wanted a takeaway, didn't you? Yeah, starving, so we went we into, hadn't eaten. Yeah, fair enough. But then we go into a takeaway place, and as you can expect, there's it's filled with several types of people. Um, one of which was just some absolute, like crazy-looking guy with an acoustic guitar belting out his own song at the top of his voice, sat in a booth. Of this tiny thing. And then, to be fair, he kept stopping and going, I'm sorry about this, lad, to me. And then cracking on. Like he had some I sort of... Apologising to you. Yeah, but like he had some sort of musical Tourette's where he <laughs> just couldn't hold in playing this guitar.
1: <laughs> and it,
0: it was a proper scouse, the way he sing singing it. it. was like, And I'll go down to the disco, baby, get myself some anodine. And when I go to the shops again, Sorry about this, lad. I'll maybe get a kebab <laughs> again. For a Scout musician, you hate Scotch musicians. I don't hate Scout musicians <laughs> you too. I just, you know what I hate? I hate, um, I hate overly accented Scout musicians who think it's cool and rebellious to. And people may say, "What, what? singing their
1: own accent?" Yeah, and,
0: and I was just about to say, people may say, "What to sing in your own accent?" But there's a difference because the thing is, there's a there's a there's a kind of like era, not era, but there's a subsection of Liverpool musicians. You think that when you talk or you're doing an acoustic song, you should do it like this because to represent. But then when you go, you're all right, mate? They go, yeah, I'm fine, mate. Yeah, you. And you're like, all right. So you don't talk like this all the time, do you? Because you're from Runcorn. Um And it does me head in. I think we're going a bit too far down this track. We really are. This is about ghosts. <laughs> anyway, sorry for bringing all that into um, Reddit Corner. <laughs> But anyway,
1: I don't hate Scottish musicians, but I am going to go on this giant four-minute rant about
0: them. I'm <laughs> going to have a bit of a tirade, yeah, um, because it doesn't it doesn't make them look hard is the thing, anyway. And they think it does. My anyway, anyway, I shall move on. How, other than that, anything paranormal happens here? No, no, no. just a nice, easy no? Yeah, um, you anything paranormal happened to you? No, other than like as we spoke about last week, my dad's revelation that he played the Ouija board, it terrified him so much he'd never play one again or let one in the house, mm-hmm. and has never divulged that to his paranormal podcast <laughs> producing son. Yeah. That I was haven't.
1: a... Well, I was away for a night last week, so were you alright in the house? I mean, You're... I stopped with the lights on, so...
0: and I hugged, like, the kitten. The kitten's bed was moved up to your pillow, and I put my head on it, and <laughs> and we both slept in her bed, <laughs> <laughs> basically, in a two foot by two foot bed. Mm-hmm. But um no, so anyway, we are here to... Two
1: foot. What's if she's got a two foot bed? Is that, about two... Is that not two foot? What size is no. that? No. Is it a foot? I think I think neither of us really know exactly what a foot no, is. I but I bet you that bed's not two foot. It might not. Be. I, I think two foot's quite big for a tiny cat. I think people are imagining this like. She's a lie, this.
0: No. But she's upstairs using a letter because she you knows she seen us recording, so yeah. That's what she does. Anyway, this is this week's story I chose for you to read out. As per usual, I've only went off the title, so it could be a complete minefield of grammatical errors. But let's hope not. It's only a day old. Okay. And I shall pass it over to you. Thank you. Welcome to Reddit
1: Corner with Becca. Hooray! This story is called A Good Ouija Experience. It's hard to find. Why, if it's... Wee-ja. Yeah. Why do we say Ouija? Not Ouija?
0: Because we're lady we're lady we're ladies, but because we're lazy and we've sort of colloquialised it, I think. And I mean worldwide colloquialised.
1: Okay. Let's begin. Mm-hmm. I want to share this strange and very good Ouija board experience that happened to my mother. This was in the nineteen seventies. I was about eight and I clearly remember this, and how very thankful, yet compled, completely weirded out, the family was afterwards. My mum and dad were at a friend's house late one evening, drinking and carrying on. Carrying on. Carrying on, <laughs> aye, aye. It was October, so for fun, they decided to mess around with their kid's Ouija board.
0: Did you of... hear that? Sorry to interrupt.
1: You, well, you, you do insist on doing this on her bathroom schedule. She doesn't do this because of you, you do this at this time, which is her bathroom schedule.
0: We've got these litter liners, we may as well put a put a drum kit in there.
1: The litter liners make it easier to clean the litter tub.
0: There's no <laughs> need for that. That That's just fucking. Don't shame her. I'm not sh- shaming
1: her. You are shaming her. You're saying there's no need for that? And obviously there is. If she feels the need to do it, leave her be.
0: Well, yeah, I'm only shaming it if she understands English. Anyway, sorry, get onto a good Ouija this day, it's, uh, it's hard to find. Right. Um,
1: None of them were serious about it or had experienced anything weird with the board. This was definitely a Halloween drinking game situation. After a while, the message, Mimi call Mary, came up. This freaked my mum out. Her brother, who was a lot older than her and had been dead for about a year, called her Mimi as a nickname when she was a kid. No one else had ever called her that. My father didn't know about that nickname and her friends certainly did not. And her her brother's wife's name was Mary. She didn't want to call right then, as they were well into their martinis. Calling Mary and waking her up after midnight to say they heard from her dead husband on a Ouija board. Not a good
0: idea. Probably, yeah, I agree with that.
1: The next morning, she called Mary first thing and got no answer.
0: She... Oh, so she still took the advice. <laughs> it's just the time of day, that through
1: her. Yeah, clearly she said after midnight wasn't a good idea.
0: Fair enough. Might be your grandma. Mm.
1: She tried a couple more times and Mary didn't pick up. That message had rattled her, so she made my dad drive her to Mary's home to check in on her. Mary was at the bottom of the stairs and had broken her hip the day before and she was unable to get to the phone to call for help. My mum said the chances of her calling Mary early that morning, much less being worried enough to drive 45 minutes to her house if Mary didn't answer the phone, was zero if she had not had that experience the night before.
0: Interesting, but uh, when when did the girl fall? Like, when the message came through, she lay there for nine hours?
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah she was at the bottom of Stunberg and hit the day before so at least the mum got round but yeah it might have been a better idea for us to go round at midnight
0: yeah imagine 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 having like being a spirit and being like oh, I best travel over Mimi is it Mimi who Mimi or Mary, Mary fell Mary fell so imagine a spirit like probably a deceased husband or someone
1: well no it must have been the deceased husband because he's the only one who called
0: the mum Mimi right with well, her name Oh, it was it brother elder brother
1: right Mimi is the sister. Talk me through this family tree again. <laughs> okay, so Mimi's brother is Mimi. married to Mary.
0: Right, okay.
1: So he the, so her brother was the only one to call her Mimi. Yes. And that's how she knew it was him. Right. And he said, call Mary, who is his wife.
0: Fucking hell. You know what? I would be raging if I died. And was watching over you, mm. and you fell down the stairs and couldn't move mm. at like half eleven at night, and I somehow managed to get through to your mum, or, or your dad, or whoever, and say, "No, be your family." All right, then I somehow managed to get through to our calf and say, mm. "Get in touch with Becca mm. quickly," and they went, like, well, "I won't ring now; it's midnight." I'll let a line it up. Well, he didn't say for, now. For a few hours.
1: He didn't say now, in fairness. He just
0: said call, Mimi, call Mary. Well, to be fair, he's using a Ouija board and he's coming through from the other side. <laughs>
1: I know, maybe he should have said now. It...
0: I mean, that's more that's clearer contact than I had with you when you were in Saudi Arabia. What? We often what? need to be speaking on the phone and be like... Uh, oh, Not in code, uh, we didn't uh, know what you're on yeah, about. Uh, no, the point is, that's a clear message. Anyway, are there any comments following this story? let
1: Someone says, wow, what an amazing experience.
0: Fair play. Straight into the point. Yeah.
1: Someone else says, very interesting. Again. Mm-hmm. Um. And someone else says,
0: no such thing.
1: It's a trick to make you comfortable enough to let down your defences.
0: Ooh. I like that statement because I initially thought it was just a debunker, which make which again, why, why fucking troll through ghost story sites on Reddit to go, it's all fake? I mean, fine with life. But it turns out they're not doing that. What mm-hmm. they're doing is saying, no such thing. It's the demons who want you to think that you are okay. And also... No such thing as what? They're implying there's no such thing as good spirits coming through in a Ouija board to pass on a good message, even in spite of the story proven otherwise. They're implying that the message is only coming through from someone pretending to be the spirit of the brother. So
1: do we think the spirit pushed Mary down the stairs, did the message to make it relevant... And that entire thing was a trick to make them think that the spirit was good when actually the spirit is bad.
0: No. I, exactly, and that's what, that's what... No. you say no and then, exactly? <laughs> no, because they'd have to know they were doing the Ouija board, then push Mary, then come back onto the Ouija board.
1: Maybe. The timeline would be interesting. Maybe when they did the Ouija board, they'd be like, ooh, we can do this, and then they pushed Mary, knowing that they wouldn't be able to get to Mary before Mary fell. So it would look like the causation would be different.
0: Maybe maybe it's um but it's it's an interesting thing this whole there's a strong line of belief when it comes to ouija boards that you will n- you are never speaking to um to a benevolent spirit right irrelevant of the messages that come through even if it come through and says things that only you would know say if you had a secret with your dad that only you and he knew mm. and he passed away mm. and then this message comes through on the board as an act of validation yeah there are people who believe that that still wouldn't be your dad. It would be an evil spirit who would have access to the information and would be trying to fool you into forming um, a form of communication, and you know, trying to
1: welcoming po- in the paranormal yeah, tra- into your life,
0: trying to possess you, basically, right? Because one of the signs of of um, demonic possession, allegedly, is knowledge of the unknown. Well, the, the whole world, the word occult means hidden. Mm. So, like, one of, but one of the signs of demonic possession is knowledge of the unknown. It's like, um, I won't say who it was, because it's a family member. But they know a priest, and they've asked this priest, or it might have been a, a reverend, as in like a, a Church of England vicar, even. Um, but They were asking them if they've ever experienced anything paranormal. And this person said that they do, used to do prison visits. And one of the prison chaplains had got in touch and said, um, there's a guy who, like, all the staff are saying that he's possessed. And the reverend or whatever was like, nonsense. There's no such thing. Um, but I'll go in and I'll say a prayer for him and I'll speak to him and stuff. And on his way to the prison, his car broke down. Not on, like dramatic, like you know, the windscreen flew out or he was hit, the car just broke down and it was like for a valid reason, like mm. you know, like his carburetor blew or something. Yeah, and the AA came out, fixed the carburetor, uh, the AA is roadside assistance for those who don't know, and um, fixed the car and he carried on a journey to the prison. Anyway, he got into the this guy's cell, and the first thing this guy said to him was, um, Sorry to hear about your car breaking down. And this is the the thing. It's like knowledge of the unknown. And the guy... This... Well, wouldn't
1: he have known that he was late? No. Why wouldn't he have known that he was late?
0: Because he wasn't late. This isn't, this was he not... was late? Well, this was unknown. not how the story was portrayed. Because the, no. the the whole point was, this family member, and it's on your side, this family member, by the way, um, said
1: that... So that's making me kinda believe. No, no, but
0: my point is, is that he asked specifically of this um, person of faith Person of the cloth. What's the weirdest, most paranormal thing you've had? And he said this story. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and the, as a rational, like, because there are people with who who are members of the cloth who don't believe in possession and don't believe in stuff like that. Even Catholics, there are mm-hmm. priests who don't believe in demonic possession. Um, but it's interesting that that I mean, and it's also coincidental that that kind of ties in. Well, it doesn't tie into my dad's story, but um, yeah, it's an interesting one. And that's why I think, well, you know that you won't let me have a Ouija board in the house. Because you're too suggestible. Because I'm too suggestible. Mm. And it could affect me mentally. Yeah. Um. But well, again, is that just a, you know, looking at it from a, the whole attack of the demonic aspect, is that just part of the plan overall? You know, someone who's so suggestible and so malleable in the mind, they're easy to target. So... So we what just do you mean? As in, How like, would that be part of the point? As in, like, would am I? Let's say, for, let's take it as tacit that demons exist, and they're waiting for the. Because uh, I watched, I started watching the Pope's Exorcist mm. um, the other day, and the it's actually the film review for this week. So, um, but one of the points in it, which is a good explanation, is the reason why that the why demons possess people, is because in the in Catholicism anyway, the idea is that God came down in human form through Christ although Christ was his son technically. But demons try and do the same thing. They try and prove that they can also inhabit man. Right. Do you know what I mean? In, in the same way God can. So
1: Jesus was God possessed.
0: No, well this is, this is the thing isn't it? it? It's God made man but also son of God. It's like the it's one of those ones of Christianity where if you if you question it too much it unravels, <laughs> so you just walk away. Best not to pull that thread. Yeah, it's an inversion. Like appar- apparently, I, heard, I watched a documentary with a priest who does exorcisms, um, and he says that a demon once described himself as an inversion of the Holy Ghost. Mm. He said, and also apparently, interestingly, this isn't from the Pope's exorcist. This was from like a documentary with this American exorcist priest, again Catholic. But he said the devil has he, he didn't understand why when he would go out to demonic cases to do exorcisms, why he would see over like twenty years only realistically when when you know they've done all the psychological testing mm-hmm. and it's the, the person saying things that he couldn't possibly know yeah and it's your feats of strength and all this carry on and passing these tests it's got to pass before a bishop will authorize an exorcism. Of the ones that he's been to, he realized he was only seeing three different. Like sort of um, personalities within di- being displayed, he said, and he would know when he would go into these exorcism cases which one he was dealing with, but he right. couldn't rectify. Like he recognizes the demon, like oh you again, yeah, yeah. But the thing, but is, the thing is, it was Satan, Lucifer, and Beelzebub, right, right. Um, but the, all three of them are the same thing, and he couldn't ra- like rectify in his head what it was, mm. um, and he spoke. Apparently, he spoke with some. Like cardinal or something, or something like this, and they turned around and said, They're just as different personalities. Like, if you call him out, he said, if, if he's if he's in his like, you know, like almost like, um, oh, but you can't, it's got a different name now, like, it's not the personality disorder, but you know, multiple personality disorder. Yeah, he said, If you like the game that the devil will play when he's in one of these three states, is that if he's in Lucifer form and you refer to him as Satan he'll say no, that's not me. Do right you know what I mean okay. yeah. Whereas if you if he's in Lucifer Form and you call him Lucifer or vice versa. Um he'll you've got him then, because you need to know a demon's name to cast it out. Right. So there you go.
1: Okay.
0: So um before we go, what'd you take on possession? Would you have to see it to believe it?
1: No, I think it's unlikely to actually be a demon possessing someone's body. I think there could be a lot of reasons for it. And I also think people's perception of it is mainly the problem. Like I think people might actually be ill, and then you get some hysterical mother or whatever going, she's possessed, and that's not necessarily the case.
0: I think that was the case. I think a lot of them just need medical help. Yeah, no, I think that was the case way back when, but like the the church now will not authorise an exorcism unless someone's had a full medical and psychological screening. So that's kind of bypassed to a point. But I get but you who punished. does
1: the full medical and psychological screening?
0: That's a good question. And I don't know the answer. And I won't be tentative. But this priest has said, who was talking about doing exorcisms. He was saying he's seen like people levitate. He's seen people climb up the walls. He's seen all sorts. You know, defy physics.
1: Well, it'd be interesting to see someone climb up the walls.
0: Well, exactly, yeah. Would that make you a believer? What would that do to you? Let's say, for example, we were, I said to you, oh, this girl's, exos- this girl's possessed. We're going to go to hair exorcism because we got tickets, um, and then we're <laughs> in. Our, at seven. Or let's just say next door said, oh, "Listen, you, are you a Catholic?" And I was like, "I am a non-practicing Catholic." And they're like, "Will you come in for the exorcism? Just we need two witnesses." And if we went in next door and you seen like next door's little girl start climbing up the wall, what would you think?
1: I mean, you say this, but do you remember it It wasn't that long ago that you were marvelling over this video of that guy. Do you remember he was like jumping up walls and, and could get anywhere?
0: Yeah, that was parkour. And it was just like
1: parkour, yeah. Yeah, but it was it was like like he just scale a sheer wall like with his little
0: yeah, um, to frog fair, toe
1: sock shoe things. To be
0: fair, the scary thing about that, that parkour guy is that I literally closed my eyes. I made you watch a video, didn't I? Mm. I closed my eyes and said, what's this? He stood on the road right now. Count to five, and within five seconds he was on the top of a building. Yeah. And it was like fucking bizarre. Um, what I so apparently people
1: can do it. Is so fun. apparently
0: people can do it. It's a good point. Do you want to know, here's an interesting fact about possession. Possession possesses... It's nine tenths of the law. Well, it's nine tenths of the law, but possession possesses more S's than any other word. Okay. Maybe Mississippi M I D S I D S. Same as Mississippi. Anyway, anyway, what I thought it'd be interesting thing to to see your point of view on just before we end Red Corner. So according to the Catholic Church, these are the signs of demonic invasion. Okay. Okay. Now tell me what you think. Whether okay. Also, one from you is to say whether you think yeah that would defy a rational explanation. Okay. Okay. So number one. The use of languages unknown to the person or people around them. So no. for example, speaking Aramaic or it's usually old and de- dead languages.
1: Well, no, because remember that time that woman got a bang on the head and just woke up and was able to speak fluent French?
0: Yep, yeah, okay. Fair enough. Having extraordinary strength or resistance to physical restraint.
1: Um no, I think adrenaline can do shocking things to you. Like I agree very with surprising that. human things, yeah. yeah.
0: Knowledge of events or all people that the person could not have possibly known.
1: People say couldn't have possibly known. Like you don't know what someone else knows, and certainly like what they've picked up through osmosis or anything that the might have. Like you, you, you. Mem people. Some people reckon that like everything you ever know. Or new is like locked away somewhere in your brain. You just don't access it. It's like mm-hmm. in the same way that your consciousness is a very small percentage of what's happening, but your subconscious can pick up on a lot of things. So, like there might be a conversation that was had when you were a baby that people were like, oh, you couldn't possibly remember that, but it's back in there somewhere, yeah. and it can come out at you know
0: odd times. But I don't think that's what it means. I don't think it means like um, I know me auntie when I remember when my auntie Jeff like fell off a bike, and they were like, how could you possibly know that? I mean, like, a priest walks in, like I've just said, and they go, yesterday you had toast for breakfast.
1: Telling you it was late.
0: Okay, anyway. An aversion to holy objects or places, such as water or churches. Mind you, you've got an aversion to museums.
1: (laughs) I don't have an aversion to museums. They just make me quite tired. I can't spend all day in them.
0: Self-harming and displaying violent or aggressive behaviour.
1: I don't see why anyone would think that was paranormal
0: ailments or conditions that cannot be diagnosed or treated medically.
1: Right, just because you don't know the answer doesn't mean it's paranormal. We've been through this one before. Just because we don't currently know what it is doesn't mean it's paranormal.
0: An abrupt change in behaviour or personality. Well,
1: no, I can't to anyone.
0: Yeah, I mean, also, that's just off Wikipedia. So, you know. So there you go. Anyway, thank you, Becca, for letting us into your... Dark and dingy, yet wonderfully and bright and full of perfume basement. Basement? Put you in the basement now. Corner!
1: Well, basement and dungeon's some more things, aren't they?
0: It's not Becca's Reddit dungeon.
1: Yeah, I know. You said earlier it was a dungeon. Did I? I I think so.
0: I don't think you did. I think you did. Are you hearing voices now?
1: Yes, I'm possessed.
0: Don't, because I can (laughs) fucking easily believe it. And, um, you know after watching The Pope's Exorcist, I think I know, I could know how to handle this. Uh, okay, well, then oh, anyway, could. Yeah. It doesn't end well, put it that way. And once again, it's a, it's a threat in your life.
1: For the love of God, stop it. <laughs> Every week.
0: Okay, well, at least it's all on record. I'd like to see me try and get through a core case. They'd be like, <laughs> and, and i bring you to Exhibit 9, awesome. Your Honour.
1: Okay.
0: okay, well, thank you, Becca. And um, Oops. and that is the noise of a cat knocking something off something else
1: naughty neighbours can't leaping around knocking things over
0: Okay, thank you and we'll speak to you well patrons we'll get you through the week and everyone else Mm -hmm. can speak to you next Monday lovely Tati bye bye guys